Round one was over. <laughs> Parents won. Kids sipped. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing. That was all started by a mouse. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Gentlemen, start your engines. Such a madness around here. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the DDP Today podcast, where it shows a little bit about us, a lot about Disney, and fun for the whole family. And tonight, I'm joined by two of my brothers, two of my good friends, two people that I haven't seen in quite a while, but I'm looking forward to seeing them tonight and chatting a little bit with one of my favorite things. But before we get to tonight's topic, let me just say hello to everybody, and let me start with my buddy, who's probably a lot colder than we are, and that's my buddy up north, Dan. Dan, how you doing tonight? I am good. Uh, I'm, I'm cold just recently, because we just got back from Florida uh, yesterday. Uh, we were able to go down to Disney for uh, New Year's. Uh, got there on the 30th over at Coronado. Spent a few days. Got to do Epcot on New Year's Eve. Um, I don't want to talk about that because my boys would not make it to midnight without driving us nuts. So we went back to the resort to uh, celebrate <laughs> 12 o'clock. But it was still a good time. Actually, I, I'm kind of glad I experienced that because I didn't know that they did stuff uh, like that at the resorts. And it was a lot of fun, actually. So that was really cool. And then we got to do one day at uh, Hollywood and Magic Kingdom. Got to see uh, our our, uh, our favorite VIP tour guide, and uh, and then we had to take the long trek back uh, via car back to Chicago. So that that part sucked, but everything else was great. Okay, well, that that's quite a long drive. What was it about sixteen hours, seventeen hours? I think it was about seventeen, seventeen and a half. We split it into two. We we stopped in like Louisville for the night just to get some rest. So it wasn't gotcha, gotcha. wasn't too bad. Yeah, I don't miss that. Well, someone who doesn't have a long drive on the daily, it's uh, my buddy Dave, who happens to be down in Florida in the nice warmer weather. Well, we got blasted with some cold weather down here. We weren't used to this cold Christmassy stuff. I mean, we actually had the chance of it snowing in uh, Orlando for Christmas, which would have been something odd. But uh, how you doing, bud? I'm good, mate. Did you get snow there? Uh, no snow here. Uh, a little bit of frost in the cars, and that's about enough to uh, to cause the entire South Carolina to go into a panic mode. So, um, they, yes, yep. <laughs> yeah, they, they had the, the frost is on. There are hazards and lights, and uh, yeah, that was kind of a, a thing. Uh, I did have a pipe freeze, which was uh, unexpected hey, on Christmas uh, Christmas Eve morning. Yeah. Okay. Um, I guess we're not built for that kind of stuff down here. You know, the house up in New York, we kind of went through the freeze all the time and uh, not down here. So on uh, Christmas Eve morning, I happened to be off for the weekend and I got a knock on the, the, the uh, some sleeping, trying to get a little bit of sleep. And Laura says, uh, there's no hot water in the house. And I said, well, no hot water at all. She says, no, I turned the faucet on and nothing's coming out. And I'm oh. like, well, that's not good. That's just oh. not good at all. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, we were able to figure it out. And it was just a, an outside pipe had gotten a little bit colder than it wanted to be. So we were able to take care of that. Uh, any freezing pipes in your house, uh, Dave? Uh, no freezing pipes. My wife did send me a really fun uh, picture from the dash of her car. She was like, I didn't know my car had this light, and it had a little snowflake that had come up uh, to indicate that the car was also feeling a little chilly. So she goes, I, I remember this being on cars in Maryland, but I didn't. I wasn't sure we had it here. So, um, But, yeah, it was a little brisk. It was a little chilly. So uh, I don't handle the cold well so but i mean 
Here's, here's my point on it, is that, like, at some point, cold is just cold. It doesn't matter how cold you, like, I understand that, yes, there are degrees of cold, but at some point, it's just cold. And, like, if you can get below freezing, get below 32, like, it's cold of some description, no matter what. And, I mean, Magic Kingdom had a feels-like temp of 28. Like... We think of Magic Kingdom, think of like walking down that pavement of Main Street USA and the heat coming off it in the middle of summer that we're all so familiar with, and then go, 28 degrees. Yeah, no. And you know what? Yeah. Being from the cold, I'm going to defend you here because, again, when I, when I go down to Florida, go down to Disney, I want it to be warm. You know, when you're walking in those parks, you don't want to be all bundled up. You know, yeah, being at, yep. being at Christmas is nice, but I want the fake snow. I don't... I don't want the real snow. So, you know, <laughs> oh, the snow. Yeah. But we, we got lucky by the, I think by the time we, we got to the, to the resort, that's when it was finally like in the seventies and it was, it was gorgeous the whole time we were through. And actually the last day was the, like probably the nicest, warmest day too. So. Very nice. Hey Dan, really quickly. Um, uh, New Year's in Disney is one of those things that it's on people's buckets lists, um, but there's also expectations of what it's going to be like. Um, in a nutshell, two sentences, sum it up. What was it like? I mean, it, we, we did it once before in 2017. It, it was what we thought it was. I didn't think it was as busy back as it was in 2017. But, like, again, if you, as long as you have expectations, you know, we didn't really have expe- expectations to ride a bunch of rides. We just wanted to spend that time in World Showcase. So we rode a few rides yep. with Genie Plus. And then we, you know, basically sucked in all of the environment that was going on for New Year's. And that was great. I actually hung out at one of the resorts as well. I picked up a DJ gig. I was uh, DJing and hosting at uh, Contemporary. Yeah. The, the, yeah. Yeah. I remember seeing the pictures. Yep. Yep. So it was great. It was <laughs> wonderful. So good. Fantastic. Um, but yeah. And now as we head into the new year, I am. Hold on. Seven. I am nine days away from uh, a birthday. Oh boy! And uh, yeah, and a big one at that. So, and I'm just glad that Justin's not here to give me grief about it. <laughs> um, but as Mike said, we're talking about something real exciting today. So something that both Mike and I are passionate about. Mike, what are we doing? Yeah, you know, we've been talking about doing this for a long time. Uh, this this particular attraction has been kind of on our radar. We wanted to dive a little bit deep into it. There's a lot of intricate details about it that I want to know about, that I know you know about, Dave, that you can kind of fill us in. So I'm kind of excited about hearing that. It's obviously a newer ride, so we didn't want to spoil it for anybody. And no, it's not Guardians, but we're going to talk to a place that's usually not that cold, uh, unless you're going to Hoth. But we're going to talk about going to Star Wars, uh, going to the Galaxy's Edge, and we want to ride Rise of the Resistance. And we're going to take a deep dive into that experience tonight, because that's one of those experiences and rides that... Even if you're not a complete Star Wars fan, just the experience and overall mechanics behind it, the overall ride experience that you get to experience with that is pretty it's incredible. It's remarkable. You don't have to be. I've, listen, I'm not a huge Harry Potter fan, and obviously, I've I've ridden the Harry Potter rides at the other park that we don't really talk about that much on this podcast. But I enjoyed them for what they were. I wasn't as into them as I was because I'm not into the Harry Potter series as I am into Star Wars. So for me to have something like Star Wars and to be so into it is a whole nother level. But I could see how people that aren't into it are could really enjoy it. Now I know we were just talking a little bit before the show started that. 
you know, Dan's not a super huge Star Wars fan. He grew up with it in his childhood like I did. I, you know, I stayed with it. It was something that when this came out, I was beyond looking forward to it. Uh, everything in my childhood revolved around Star Wars. My toys, the 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 curtains, and my bedroom sheets, everything for me as a kid was Star Wars. And when the new series started to come out and they were going to bring a whole new generation into it, and I had already brought my children into watching Star Wars, I was so glad that they were going to get to see this and the whole new series of, you know, the whole new storyline and, and backstory to some of the characters. I really like that we're able to do this with the kids. And more importantly, that Disney went and expanded to the Galaxy's Edge portion of the park, uh, which was completely amazing to me. And Rise of the Resistance is definitely going to be the, the top ride experience that I've ever done uh, in Disney Parks history. I'm so glad that it's there, and I want to kind of talk about it a little bit tonight. And I can't wait to hear Dave's little intricate details about it. Yeah, um, I mean... Rise of the Resistance, um, and as you said, we don't want to spoil anything, but it has been around now for uh, quite a period of time. It opened in, uh, what was it, De- November, December of 2019, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken, and uh, and it actually opened even a, uh, a month or so before uh, the same ride opened out in California. So it was the first uh, of the two of them that are so alike, and it was uh, a truly exceptional experience, and it's Rise of the Resistance really is that, and we're going to use that word tonight because it's not just a ride. It really is an experience, um, the, and it's something that you're drawn into from the moment you step foot into Batu. Um, the access into Rise of the Resistance is located so close to that uh, tunnel entrance, which uh, in Disney World we consider probably to be the main entrance instead of the back entrance out of uh, Toy Story Land. So, um, and you get drawn into that forest feel uh, of the hidden Resistance base the moment you step on onto the planet there. Um, and I love that the storyline for this attraction really begins all the way out there. Um, did we, uh, Dan, you've ridden this, um, you mentioned, um, did you do lightning lane or probably fast pass yep. back in the day, if yep. we, depending on, or did, or have you gone through the main queue? I have only done lightning lane or fast pass or, you know, that the virtual queue. I think we had a virtual queue that was back in, I think 2020 when yeah. I went with, with, uh, Justin and Katie actually and Rick Reagan. And that's the only time and gosh, you know, I, that line moved really quick when we went through there. So I didn't get to see a lot of the, you know, like the pre-show stuff through the line. Cause every other time it's been lightning lane and it has been like, you know, they kind of like shoo you right through there. They really do. You skip a whole lot of it right there. Um, Mike, have you done the full line? I've done the only thing that I remember doing, cause I've only done this about three times in the, in the times that I've gone, I wish I could have done it more. And every time I plan on going, I want to do it again. Um, I got to the, what I got to see was as I got online, I got to go through the cave entrance, so to speak. And it had the, uh, I guess like the battle plans, those, those holographic, um, you would see like in one of the, in one of the, uh, rebel star bases, you know, you would see yep. one of those boards, you would see that you would see the lockers with some of the uniforms in them. I would go through that area first yes. and then I would go from that area into the holding area where you would go into the pre-show room with Ray and BB-8. Yeah. Excellent. So, um, so yeah, so you have walked through, uh, the main line and there are the, the main queuing area and there are, um, some, there are some, rooms that they can kind of get you to bypass so depending upon how long the line is um there are 
various details and uh, different scenes that you can see. And sometimes, yes, you really just rocket through there, particularly back when they were running that virtual queue element of it. Um, but then on the flip side, it's a really great queue from the point of view. Like, I mean, today we're still in the middle of that uh, coming off peak period of uh, New Year's and we're heading... Excuse me. Uh, and we're headed into um, the the uh, the um, what am I thinking of? Marathon weekend. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, so we've got a lot of our early arrivers for that, which means we knew it was going to be a busy day in Disney World. The queue for the standby queue for Rise of the Resistance today at one point was, I think, nearly three hours. All right. And here's what makes those three hours different. Um, is that if you are going to go through and stand and wait for this attraction, there is so much to see and do. Yes, the line is going to move slowly. It's a three-hour wait. It's a huge investment of time. But there is so much to see and so much detail. Um, Mike, I want to touch on something that you just said, though, because you said you walked into a room and it felt like the Rebel base. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Uh, it really does. Um, even if you go through the lightning lane, there's this great moment where you're in kind of a tunnel um, and literally a tunnel. It's I can't even hold my arms out full width in, within this space. Like, um, and, you're, and you're just walking through. But the way they designed it, it gives you this feel of a... Uh, you mentioned at the beginning, uh, uh, Hoth. Mm -hmm. um, when we were in uh, Empire Strikes Back, at the beginning of Empire Strikes Back, the Hoth base is getting attacked and um, they're running through the, the tunnels and it starts collapsing and Han grabs the intercom and he goes, I'll get her out another way. Um, there's that whole, those iconic images of that ice base that was created on the planet of Hoth. We know that the Resistance is like the next addition the the natural progression from the rebels and so it would stand to reason that they would use similar technology to build their base even if it is on a semi-desert planet of batu um so there's literally very similar um struts and support mechanisms within these tunnels that make you go oh this is just a rebel base like, it looks so similar. And then those uh, holographic screens you mentioned, like, just the way we draw you in and make you feel in that moment is incredible. Um, my standard thing is if I'm bringing somebody um, uh, through the attraction, through the lightning lane, which is a very quick access in, I'll look at them and I'll be like, all right, no matter how up-to-date you are uh, with Star Wars, no matter how much of a fan, here's what you need to know. I say, by walking into this attraction, uh, you have been recruited into the resistance. And then I look at, like, the mom. Not always the mom, but typically the mom who has no idea what that means. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and I say, and I look at her and I go, that's the good guys. <laughs> and she goes, got it. Um, and, then, uh, and then I'll be like, so you've been recruited by the resistance. And Ray, the leader, uh, has called a meeting. Because that's all we're really trying to get you to know. Is, but there's so many much detail and winding paths and rooms and lockers and um, and equipment and uh, guns and lasers and all of these sorts of things that are there. Um, and you arrive in this pre-show room. 
uh, where you stand, they corral everybody, and then you walk in uh, for Ray to deliver that uh, to deliver that message. Mike, talk to us about the first time BB-8 rolled into that scene for you. Well, I love the BB-8 meet and greets that were always part of you know the, the Hollywood Studios thing. So that that character, the sounds, the the way the animatronics work has always been a very very cool thing to have him kind of roll out there and really grab your attention. And I mean, holographic projections have been a part of Star Wars since you know since the beginning. You know, since since A New Hope. I mean, you know, Princess literally Leia. the eighth <laughs> line of the movie. Like. Right. So that that that's been so to have a very cool holographic projection to start your experience. When it's the same way it started in A New Hope and all of these other movies. I mean, holographic projections were a huge part of that entire franchise. And to see it done so well with Ray and kind of her call to you for help and kind of like, you know, it was very similar to the earlier trilogy that I was familiar with. Um, and even if you weren't familiar with the earlier trilogy, if you were one of the newer series kids or a younger youth, um, it's still pretty cool that she's there and kind of projecting herself into that uh, storyline and, and really wanting her to be there. And then obviously on the screen, you know, Poe Dameron comes along and he he guides you along and says, you know, we're going to go do this. And um, very, very cool setup to an amazing uh, experience that's about to take place. Mike, this is why I love you. I've stood in that room literally 400 times mm -hmm. without uh, easily. Mm -hmm. And I have, like, I, I know that they're both projections, but to see you draw that connection back to 1977... Help me, Obi Wan Kenobi. You're our, you're my only hope. Like, amazing. Yeah, that that's one hundred percent what they did. They, they, they. This time, Ray is in a holographic projection, and she's giving you that same call to arms. She's saying, "We need your help. We're getting you off the planet." Where, like, I love that. That's that's really exactly what they did. Um, the technology there is fantastic. Um, we did see, um. We've seen them use it before, but not quite in the way that they do it with Ray uh, right there. Because um, when we've ridden Navi River Journey, uh, we got these amazing deep 3D images of the Navi crawling through the forests and things like that, and the different animals making their way across the screen, giving you that layered effect. Bec and because of the backdrop of let's be honest, those giant TVs that they have. Um, uh, because of that, we saw like that depth perception. And, and, we've see, and a lot of people now even have those 3D TVs in their house that they can utilize uh, when they watch it. Um, this was genius because what they basically did was take the back off that TV and then project the image of Ray through that same piece of glass that gives depth to the image. And we've seen it work in our TVs at home. We've seen it work on the Navi River Journey, but we'd never really seen it without the backing plate mm -hmm. of the TV, So, which gives you this amazing three-dimensional version of her. Um, not only that, I really love her speech because um, they did a great job of her delivering the speech directly. Um, if you've seen, and I don't want to ruin it as something for if people haven't done it, but if, uh, if you've seen the pre-show for Guardians, um, the pre-show for Guardians is actually cropped and cut, and they do this thing where the image blurs for a moment, and then it comes back, and it's actually them editing different takes altogether. Um, Daisy Ridley did an amazing job with this, because she stands 
and it is one yeah. take. It, like, they, it's not an edited and jumpy discussion uh, the way some of those other pre-shows can sometimes feel. Um, but yeah, she just... And I do love the shade that she gives. I don't know if you've ever noticed this. She gives some serious shade because BB-8 has helped us get into the room. He's set up everything and she goes, she comes up and she goes, BB-8, is everyone assembled? And he beeps at her and she goes, shouldn't you be in flight prep? Way to call him out on not doing what he's meant to be doing. I'm like, oh, seriously. Um, but yes, and then we get, um, uh, she introduces us to um, L- Lieutenant Beck, uh, who is the giant fish head guy. Um, and it, within the canon of, ready for this? Within the canon of Star Wars, he is the cousin of Admiral Akbar. It's sense. a trap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that makes sense. So they're actually cousins, um, and he is now a lieutenant. Um, and yes, and also Poe Dameron. Oh, well, I'm talking about Lieutenant Beck really quickly. My other fun thing that I love is that Lieutenant Beck is voiced by J- James Arnold Taylor, who is the voice of Obi-Wan Kenobi in Clone Wars. Hmm. Really? So yeah, and he actually does a lot of different voices for uh, Star Wars, for the Star Wars Galaxy. Um, he's done a bunch of different stuff. Uh, he's also been, he's just a voice provider who has been around for years. He was uh, one of the, what was the, the, the serials that were filled with different things that talked in the ads? Hmm. Uh, like, I, I'm not American, so I didn't grow up with this. I'm trying to remember, like, uh, it's like a wheat puffed wheat with like anyway um <laughs> somebody is listening to this and screaming at me because i'm not american well, and i, I can't remember it either cereal. so it can't be that okay one. um but he was the strawberry one <laughs> um like you should look into the history of james arnold taylor he's an incredible voice actor um that does amazing things so um but yes he is also lieutenant beck uh for um for Rise of the Resistance and um, and whenever a Lieutenant Beck appears. So, um, so yeah, so Poe Dameron uh, introduces us and um, and then we get ushered outside. Yeah, I, I wish we had some more time in that spot. I know it's always like a mad dash to get to that shuttle. Um, that, that black X-Wing that belongs to Poe Dameron that's parked outside is just... That could that could be a great photo opportunity anywhere else in the park, and it's sad that I mean I understand they have to obviously people are waiting on, on a three hour line, you got to keep the ride you know the riding experience moving, but I just wish that that much architecture wasn't put into an area where you can't take pictures and involve it a little bit more. Now obviously when you get outside. There's a lot of other great picture spots. There's a lot of X-Wings out there also. But to just walk out there and see that and your breath is kind of taken away like, oh, this is really, really cool. You kind of feel like you're about to get on a real shuttle and you're like in a real airport kind of area or, you know, a space shuttle kind of area. Um, I, I wish, like I said, I wish we've had more time in that area. Every time that I've ever done it, it's always been a mad rush to get on the shuttle. Has there ever been a slow time where they're kind of like waiting for a shuttle to come back or do you get some time in there or is it always a mad rush? Dave, you know more about that operation than I would. Very rarely it is one of those spaces. And it is amazing that they spent that much money to build Black Leader's X-Wing, have it sitting there on the ground. BB-8 is already now, because he got sent by Ray, loaded up into the top of it. Like, he's sitting up there waiting as well. And they spent all of this money to build a giant X-Wing. And you spend, what, 
seconds? 45 seconds? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Under it's a less minute. than a minute. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this, uh, this in that space. Yeah, this is crazy. Like the first time I was on this, and, and if anyone hasn't done it, you know, I, obviously <laughs> we're kind of ruining it now, but like as long as you didn't look this up prior to going on this ride, this is the first time I could ever remember, like, I'm I'm essentially in the ride when I'm in that room with Ray and BB-8, and then all of a sudden I'm outside. Like, I've, I've never been transported somewhere around. Now I'm outside, I'm looking out, I see this huge transport shuttle. I mean, it was just a really kind of a cool experience that they've kind of extended the ride this way to make it even longer, but you get to kind of walk through the experience, which was just really cool. Yeah, that is remarkable. Like, you... And because you've been going through tunnels and you've been looking at holographic images, you don't realize, yeah, you're right on the edge of a building. You're walking out there. Um, I'm going to come back to this in a few moments, so I do want to talk about this really quickly. I love the feeling that we give you in that moment because Ray has told you uh, we're getting you off the planet. We're taking you to the secret base on Pekara. Um, yes, there will be a short test at the end of this uh, <laughs> podcast. Um uh, that you're being taken to the secret base on Pakara, and then those doors open up, and the music swells, and you probably and there's uh, and then you start hearing the engines and all of this happening, um, and there's this moment where you step outside, and everything seems so free. It's this big open cavern that you're underneath, um, on the edge of these this giant rock formation. Uh, the ITS is sitting in front of you. Yes, that's what we call that giant ship that you're about to get on. Uh, so the ITS, I think it's the Interstellar Transportation System. I apologize if that's wrong. If there is a Star Wars nerd out there that would like to correct me, I'm happy to. I know it's called the ITS, uh, and I will can. Intersystem tra- Intersystem Transport Shuttle. Dang it! Um, and, do you, and do you know the code? Of well, the ship? that's only because that's only because he does research. I'm literally <laughs> do not look up a thing. What was that again? Intersystem transport shuttle. That uh, good. Yes. I knew the system was in there. At least I participated. What, what was yours? Uh, did you did you know what the name of the shuttle was? Uh, no, which one, which shuttle? The shuttle that you're getting on. Did you know what the what the what the actual code for that shuttle was? Hold on a second. TR, no. TR-141. Yes, there you go. I knew it was that. There you go. Uh, he says that in there. Yes. Um, so, yeah, so we're, but we're, as you go to get on there, there's this moment of relief. Like, you're made to feel relaxed. It's this flowing air and the music that's playing and the sounds around you and them, like, ushering you onto the ship. You're escaping the planet. And I want you to remember that feeling, okay? Because... We get on board the ITS. Um, yes, I'm only going to call it that moving forward. Um, they, we get on board the ITS. Um, you walk in there and Lieutenant Beck is a full animatronic version of uh, him and Nine Numb uh, are sitting in the front of the ITS in the cockpit. You're loaded in and this incredible thing happens because using... Two screens and a motion simulator platform, which is different to the motion simulators that we uh, use in other locations like uh, Star Tours, which is a fully encased thing that you're sitting in. This is literally just a platform. 
using those three things, two screens and a motion, simula pla motion simulator platform, we take you on a flight. This is stunning. The ITS is, an is a work of genius. Um, Mike, thoughts? Yeah, I did it before I did it. I didn't want to be spoiled before I did rise, and and I did a little bit of research, and I found out that this that when you do this ride, you have to do it twice. And when you're in the ITS, you should pay attention to the front screen on one ride, and then also pay attention to the back screen the next time because it's two different experiences. You get the it back, really is. you get the back view of the Tie Fighters coming in. When you get pulled into the tractor beam, you see yourself going into the back of the 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 Star Destroyer. The front view, obviously, you have the pilot view, and you have the start you had the tie fighters coming towards you and there's a whole different other scenario so if if you do this twice make sure you make it a part of pay attention to the front screen one time and pay attention to the back screen the second time because you're going to get two different experiences each time you're in this and you're going through that uh you know, to me, it's very reminiscent of star star tours how you're kind of going around you're in your shuttle um, I'm surprised that with the amount of motion that there is in that shuttle, that there's no kind of restraint system where you're in a chair, because you kind of get bounced around a little bit when you're in there. And if you're not holding on, you can definitely fall over if you're not paying attention. So I'm surprised that, that, that you're not required to be in some kind of seat or some kind of seat belt or some kind of restraint system. But I'm glad you're not, because I really enjoy being able to kind of roam freely when you're inside the shuttle. Um, it, it's, an, it's a remarkable, remarkable experience, and you really do feel like you're being transported from one place to another. Well, um, that we do have plenty of handrails in the view, in the ITS mm -hmm. for you to be able to hold on to. Um, and if anybody is in a wheelchair or an ECV, we always make sure that they have turned it off or locked the wheels because, <laughs> yes, it does move quite a, It gives you quite a sense of motion. Um, I like to tell people, yeah, hold on to a handrail or you can surf it. <laughs> uh, on the provision, yeah. On the provision, you just make your feet that little bit further apart. Uh, you can definitely surf it, Dan. Well, what I was going to say as as we move on to the next segment of this ride, it would kind of blew my mind, and I I finally looked it up when I got home because uh, you know every time I've ridden it, here he goes. I, I I wasn't aware of this, <laughs> but like we the the door that we enter to go into the into the ship, we exit the same door, which you know like again on. Just a few days ago when I was on it, it was it blew my mind because I was looking at the other door thinking that we're going to go out this door to head into the into the base. And here we are. We're we're walking out the same door we walked in. Can you explain that for us? Yes, I can indeed. Uh, yes, indeed. Really quickly, I, I do want to touch on um, my second favorite line in the Disney theme parks happens inside the ITS just before you disembark because you get captured and you get hauled in and... Um, and the, uh, there's a woman, uh, that comes on the screen that says that, uh, you're now under the command of the first order. Um, and, uh, Lieutenant Beck says, by whose authority? And, um, General Hux, um, bumps, uh, the woman out of the way and goes, and this is my favorite line. He goes, by the authority of the First Order Resistance scum, now bring down your shields and prepare to be boarded. And it, just the venom with which he says it, like he, he hits you and he's like, resistance scum. And that word choice in that sentence, like, ah, oh, it's amazing. Um, my favorite line is uh, at Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, 
where he goes, strike your colours, you bloomin' cockroaches. <laughs> anyway, moving on. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so General Hux, uh, and, then, uh, and then as you're brought aboard, um, and here's what I love about you feeling like you look at the wrong door, is uh, Lieutenant Beck, the fish head, at the front goes, stand back from those doors. And yes, you've walked in, looking at the front of the ship, you walk in the right-hand door, okay, when facing forward on the ITS, you walk in the right-hand door, and your natural expectation is that you're going to exit the left-hand door. That just makes sense in the way a Disney ride works. And then he says, stand back from those doors, and the right-hand door opens. And if you look over the shoulder of that uh, lieutenant from the uh, from the first order, you see one of the most awe-inspiring sights over their shoulder, and you realize, just like we can see over Dan's shoulder right now, for the if you could see the video, uh, you see the assembled stormtroopers. Um, so let's talk about that moment uh, before we move into the stormtrooper room, so to speak. Um, the first time I wrote it. I thought you were on an elevator. Mm-hmm. Would that make sense? Yeah. Well, yeah. Absolutely. Mike. Yep. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I was like, that we're on an elevator and we move downstairs. That just makes sense. All right. That is not correct. Um, the best way to explain it is, and if it, if you're listening to this and you're able to, if you're driving your car. Derek Pitzer, don't do this because I need you to use your hands, okay? Um, But I'm going to explain it using my hands. I'm holding up my right hand and I'm keeping it flat. Um, And let's call this... um, Let's call this X-Wing, okay? This is uh, where we have come out of uh, the room and we're right near Poe Dameron's uh, Black Leader's Mm -hmm. X-Wing and we're about to get on the ITS. Then hold up your left hand kind of pointing them together like a v-shape mm-hmm. we're going to call this stormtrooper okay because they are literally two rooms one is an open room but they're two rooms and they're literally right next to each other and in the middle of those two hands where your fingers nearly meet is a giant plate it's a disc all right that plate is split into three parts Okay, and at the moment that you walk out into the X-wing area, you are at we call, what we call load. All right. Mm-hmm. Then the other two parts are called experience and unload. Okay, and so you get on at load, and as you take off and you're zooming off the planet, the uh, the floor underneath your feet slightly t- tips up as you're facing forward on the ITS. It tips up just a little bit, which is why you need to surf it. And you're actually moving. We're giving you the sensation of you moving a lot and that you're sailing off the planet, but you're actually moving quite slowly from load into experience. And then when you level out and the uh, TIE fighters start attacking you, you're in the middle of the experience. And the group behind you is about to start loading. 
So while you're in the experience, they're getting another group of 20, 25 people into a different room right next to you. You're bumping around and getting shot at and all of this. And then you get caught in the tractor beam and you start getting pulled in. And it makes you feel like the, um, the, the, like it's reversing. And you're getting pulled by the tail of the ship into uh, the Star Destroyer. While you're getting pulled in, you're moving again. And the people that were at load are now rotating into experience as you are rotating into um, unload. And then General Huck says, by the order of the... By, um, by the authority of the First Order Resistance Scum, now bring down your shield and prepare to be boarded. Stand back from those doors, and you're in place. And the doors open, and you're at unload. It's just a giant disc moving between these two locations, and you're going, think about that right-hand door that is at, uh, at load, at the X-Wing, that is pointing at the X-Wing. That door has gone the long way around the outside of the plate and arrived, what's two-thirds of 360? I'm not good at math. I don't pretend to be. Excellent. So it's done a two-third rotation, and it has arrived, that same door has gone all the way around the outside of, um, of the disc, and it's now that same door pointing into the unloaded room, the stormtrooper room. It took me like two or three visits to completely figure out how this is. There's a dead giveaway, okay? Next time you walk in, as you go across the threshold from the X-Wing walking into the, uh, into the ITS, look at the floor. It's actually curved. You, like, you can see the line where the two plates, like the, the normal land and the disc, as I referred to it, the plate is sitting, and you can see that it is curved. The whole yeah. thing is a giant circle, but it's so well done. Yes. It's majestic. Yeah. I love it. It it is the best pre-show. I think we Joe and I did an episode on pre-shows, and I said that this is the best pre-show on Disney property. I do love the pre-show for Guardians of the Galaxy, but just that yeah. moment alone is the best. Yeah. It's incredible. It is. Um, it, like I, every time, like I'm I'm the kind of the the jerky dad who will go in that pre-show for different rides knowing where the exit is and we'll shoot right toward there. And in just this last couple of days, I told the boys, I'm like, all right, we're get ready. We're going to go out that door. And sure enough, we weren't going up. That door didn't open. You still got it <laughs> I wrong. Still got it wrong. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. Mike, talk to me about the emotion of seven year old Mike walking into that stormtrooper room for the first time you know me i'm not i'm not a crier you know i'm not an emotional <laughs> person um i would definitely say it had an onion smell in, in there and okay. I was a little yep. teary-eyed yep. from a little from misty the eyed yeah. yeah from the onions uh no it was it was it's an incredible experience as much as i enjoyed it even to watch my family even to watch my wife and kids uh who aren't as invested in star wars walk into there and be like holy cow this is this is incredible mm -hmm. i mean i don't care who you are or what you're into to go into that actual bay and see that whole 
garrison troopers, that whole stormtrooper, you know, the whole assembly there, the TIE fighters on the wall, the being in the bay, it's just absolutely incredible. Like I said, even if you're not a Star Wars person, you can take a real appreciation into the detail and to the... Uh, the transformation that they put you into really being captured and like, well, you're outnumbered and here you are, you're a, you're a captured person and, and you're going to be, you have to go along with us now because, you know, you're on their terms. You know, you were part of the, you, you were captured by the First Order. Uh, you know, it, it also has that reminiscent feeling of some of the old school Star Wars stuff, you know, being stuck on a Death Star. Here you are with, you know, Chewbacca and, and Han Solo and trying to get out with the princess. So, you know, I, I kind of tie it back to that a little bit. 100%. Um, so I, I, I love that whole aspect of it. Um, what I liked about that room too is I feel like we had enough time in that room to take enough pictures and selfies and whatnot. We weren't rushed out of that room the same way we were rushed from the um, from the ray to the onto the shuttle. Uh, that room seemed to give you a little bit more time to take some pictures, really involve and and get a lot of selfie stuff. I have quite a few cool pictures of me and Sarah taking selfies in there, and a lot of couple of family pictures in there. So I feel like you get a lot more photo opportunities for a room that was set up so well, more than the area between Ray and the shuttle. Yeah, there there are. You can even actually sit in one of the uh, vehicles that you will later get put into. They have a uh, a sample of that same vehicle in that room, and you can sit in it uh, to and take a photo at that moment. Um, don't loiter too long because the First Order don't necessarily have an, a, a sense of humour, so to speak, um, and they will eventually be like, "All oh, right." Uh, one of my favourite lines they like to use in that room is they will they'll be like, "When you're done documenting your failure, <laughs> move," and you're like, "Sorry." <laughs> um yeah so they they do great it is so intimidating like what is that 30 something stormtroopers assembled weapons at the ready their heads move yeah great little animatronic feature those heads that and they and if you're moving at the right time and one of them is moving like it's almost like they're tracking you across the floor and you're like sorry um, like, like I want to apologize. Like the, the way they, they, it's just so intimidating in that moment. Um, before we move into the quick little hallway that I want to talk about, um, uh, one completely useless fact for you. Um, think about the way we do projections. Think about the way we do screens. Mm -hmm. Um, because when we go to the movie theater, uh, we're actually sitting watching a projected image onto a gigantic screen, correct? Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, when we sit at home, we watch, like, an LCD TV. Sure. And it's a different type of screen. That giant screen in the, in the Stormtrooper room, uh, as I'm sitting here looking at Dan's screen, I can literally see it in the backdrop of the photo. That gigantic screen is the largest LCD singular screen in the world. There are only two of them. One resides in Batu East and one <laughs> resides in Batu West. They had to transport that thing as an entire screen to bring it in for Rise of the Resistance. The definition on that thing is insane. <laughs> Like, can you imagine putting Super Bowl on that wall? 
<laughs> I want them to shut down Rise of the Resistance on Super Bowl Sunday just so you somebody can sit in that room in a big folding chair and watch the Super Bowl right there with all of the stormtroopers yeah. looking tell at them. To, like, tell them, yell at the stormtroopers to tell them, get out of the way! Down, down in front! Um, but when, yeah, I, when I so win Lotto, is, I'll rent it out for the day. That'll be, that'll there be my, you go. Uh, yes. The done. That, yeah. I mean, hey, Lotto's <laughs> about to be a billion again. Like You can, you can make that happen. I'm yeah. sure everybody knows Disney has a price tag. Okay? <laughs> like, with with that screen in the back, did is the just me? I just kind of feel like is the air conditioning colder in there to make you feel like you're on the outside? Um, probably. probably. You, you know how how Disney is great when it gets some of you involved in the moments where it comes to scents and smells and touch and feel. I almost feel like it gives you more of a feeling when you're outside because that room just always seems to be colder when you're in there, like you're on the outer part of a hangar bay. Interesting. I'm going to pay more attention to that, Mike. <laughs> there's um, your, home, there's your will, homework, Dave. Uh, there's my homework. I'll get back to you on that. Okay. I'm going to be like, I wonder if this is chillier in this room. Bring up the mom um, with you next time, please. Maybe it's just, maybe it's just a vibe yeah. because... Here's what I want to talk about. As you then progress down the hallway, you go from this room into a hallway, you're ushered in, it splits into two halves, please keep your group together. It's the worst thing in the world watching people try to like, I'm like, why didn't you walk down the same side as like your loved ones that you're on vacation <laughs> with? Do you hate them that much? Anyway, um, unless you've got a teenager on, uh, on vacation with you and you're sick of them, then send them in a different line. It's fine. Um... <laughs> <laughs> don't don't say their name out loud, Dan. Anyway, um, so you walk into this hole, and here's what I want to tie this back to, because really quickly, while you're in this hallway, I want you to pay attention to something. That hallway is about, the roof on it is about seven and a half foot high, which is not very high when you consider your house and things, and just general hallways in uh, uh, that you walk down, all right? It's actually quite low. You can reach up and touch the roof. It's really not that, like, if you're a taller person. Um, I, I'm not particularly. Anyway, Justin definitely can't reach the roof. <laughs> Moving on. Um, not only that, they, the roof uh, is lower, and one of the walls is on a very significant slant. Mm -hmm. It almost is like feels like it's about to fall on you. Uh, it's well beyond 45 degree angle, all right? So we do this slanted wall and this low roof. And what it does is it feels like it's about to collapse on you. And then within the hallway, the lighting, there's a strip of lighting and then a big distance where there's no lighting and then another strip and a big distance. And it happens all the way down this hallway. And as you walk, the lighting feels like it's pulsing on you. And so we take this low roof and this slanting falling wall on you and this pulsing lighting happening on you and it makes you want to shrink. It actually like tricks your brain into feeling like everything is closing in on you. And we do this intentionally. We've taken you from this outside area where the... Uh, where the Black Leader's X-Wing was stationed. The wind is blowing, this beautiful freeing feeling that I talked about 15 minutes ago. And then we put you in this tiny little hallway that is closing in on you. 
And it's this juxtaposition of the two feelings and it makes it feel even more significant because you get all the way down to the end of this hallway and there's somebody at the end going, how many in your group? And you're like, oh my God, I'm in so much trouble. I'm so sorry. There's six of us and I just want this to be over with. Um, let's speed through this next little part because we've uh, we've filled a whole lot of room talking a- about this amazing er- experience and we haven't even got on the ride. <laughs> um, uh, they split you into um, uh, your groups. Uh, you're given a color to stand on. Um and really quickly, have either of you been picked on in this space? I have not. Well, but Sarah has. Sarah has. Sarah has? Sarah Tell has me about it. Sarah. <clears throat> she was taking a photograph or she was taking selfies or something like that. And they said uh, something along the lines of like, you were not, not documenting your failure, but like, we're going to use that as evidence towards your uh, something along those lines. And she was like looking at him like, what are you talking about? She, she yep. gave him that, that, that strange eyed look like, huh? There are some great moments. Um, you should, if you can, if you're into this, um, you should look up on uh, TikTok, try to follow Rise of the Resistance um, so that you see anything that's posted with that because there are some great moments that happen with just people, like, tearing you down in that moment. Like, just, like, picking on you for... They'll, and they'll look at you and they'll be like, where were you going? And you're like, I, I don't know. I mean, I know because I've ridden it so many times and Ray tells you only about twice that you hear the word Pakara mentioned. Um, and so the average person, even if you're a Star Wars fan, goes, um, I don't really know where I was going. And they're like, wait, you got on a shuttle without knowing your destination? <laughs> and you're like... Oh yeah, that does make me seem like an idiot, doesn't it? Like, like, like. There's just these great moments that happen. You should definitely follow it. Um. Anyway, they're renowned for picking on you. It's a great place to work as a cast member if you're having a bad day, because you don't have to smile. I feel like people wake up on the wrong side of the bed and like, yeah, can I switch shift and be on first order? Because I don't want to stand outside as resistance today. Um. <laughs> um. But then yeah, the first order. Um. They get you set up. You get into the the cell um general hux and kylo ren make uh, kylo makes his first appearance of the attraction um and they tell you they're going to take the information from you uh they create the force in a room that you're standing in uh dan that feeling of uh kylo ren sucking the energy out of the room using the force um quite intimidating yes yeah i mean it's just again it feels like i don't know if they like put like a like a force of wind through that room but it just kind of feels like the room's kind of closing in on you and like the red lights in there it's just it's it's a little intimidating yeah there's only a couple of red lights on you all the other lighting is coming from uh the conversation of hux and kylo and the screen it's a screen (laughs) um that you see um and but yeah they uh it's actually a uh the the feeling that they give you is uh we take a giant subwoofer and we we put a hum through it a big deep bass hum and it shakes the air around (laughs) you and you're like oh my goodness like yeah it's i have seen a kid probably about five or six who was doing such a good job of being brave 
climb their dad when that <laughs> happened. Just this kid went vertical up their dad, just climbing like, oh my, it was great. Um, and I realize I shouldn't draw this much uh, pleasure from having watched that, but it really was stunning like, to watch. Um, and then, uh, and then they disappear. That uh, Hux and Kylo get called back to the bridge, and um, and suddenly, one of the walls of the cell light up around you. Mike, talk us through that moment. Yeah, it's the great breakout. You know, you're getting you're getting sprung from your cell, and uh, you know it's Finn that's getting you out, and there it's it becomes that part of you know you're you're. You're, you know, you're an escapee. You're, you're about to get out, and you're about to, you know, get around the uh, the first order, and it becomes the the major part of the ride. You know, you get out of that room, and you come hustling out of there. Um, you know, running out. Uh, it's great. I mean, the whole effect with the door opening, and everyone's kind of like, oh, finally we're broken loose, you know. And we get out of that room, and then from that room, you're going to go into, and I believe you're getting into your uh, transport vehicle now. You're going to get into your with your R5 as your captain, you know, kind of driving yep. around through the inside. Um, very, very cool. And that's when your actual main ride starts, you know, your trackless ride. We've seen that in quite a few other attractions, whether it be, you know, Remy or whether it be the Mickey Minis, you know, that same kind of trackless system ride. Very, very cool. I enjoyed that whole experience a lot. You really hit the nail on the head. Let's look at this for just a second. That means that you went into a pre, uh, into a marshalling area. You got debriefed by Ray, Lieutenant Beck, and Poe Dameron. You walked outside to Black Leader's X-Wing. You got on the ITS. You got moved in a, a third of the way around the circle. You got attacked by uh, X-Wings. You got... Um, moved the other third as you got brought on board the Star Destroyer. You walked out into the Stormtrooper room. You got hustled down a hallway. You got um, put into your groups and uh, verbally assaulted by a lieutenant of the First Order. You got moved into a cell. Um, Kylo and Hux talk to you. You get broken out of the cell, and then you finally get on the ride. (laughs) You've been doing this for like eight minutes. And you're not even on the ride yet. This is amazing. Like, and that moment where you're like, oh, I'm only just putting on the seatbelt. This is where this all starts. Like, that's incredible. Yeah, and when I was on the ride just a few days ago, again, I, every, every time you go on it, you're going to have a different, different experience. And when we were in that cell area after Kylo Ren, like, left the room... It, you know, I don't know if it, you know, maybe they were kind of, you know, moving a little slow in the other room, but we got to he- like, we heard them in the other room, like trying to break through that door, you know, so it, and I was trying to listen because you can hear, you know, you can hear them talking, trying to break through the door and like start the torch and this and that. And everyone's talking. So I couldn't hear. But, I, you know, you can hear like different things going on. And, you know, again, it's just a different experience every time you go on it. It took a little longer that time. But I've been in the room before in that cell area where once Kylo Ren leaves, the door automatically, you know, it automatically gets broken into. So, mm-hmm. again, it's a different experience yeah. every time. It sometimes can take about 10 seconds. And even if it takes 10 seconds, you should be able to hear some muttering. Right. Um, but if you are in that room longer... Um, it's you've got an entire conversation on there, and it's all muffled. Right. 
And so you do have to listen, but they're like, <laughs> and like, and it goes on. Yeah. There's a whole conversation and they're working hard to break you out <laughs> of there. Um, and then as that wall moves and um, I encourage you to listen really carefully as that wall moves and that sometimes you're so blown away. You're like, oh my goodness, the wall is moving and people start talking and all of that. I'm like, shut up because there's somebody from the resistance on the other side of that, who says, stand back! And uh, just making sure nobody comes near the door because it is a moving piece of equipment. We want everybody to be safe. And then that first person walks up to the to the door. They're the first member of the resistance that you've seen in person since you got on the ITS. And they go, we're here with the resistance. We're here to break you out. And you're like... Yes! <laughs> um, you climb aboard that uh, R5 uh, transport vehicle. Um, R5 has been reprogrammed. He's been uh, taken by, and you can actually see this symbolized by the changing of R5's lights. Uh, R5, while you're on the uh, attraction from this point onwards, has orange lights across his face, um, whereas later you do see a couple of other transport vehicles, and they have red lights. Um, so they're still part of the, uh, first order, obviously, whereas the two R5 units that are taking you around, um, have orange lights. So there's this cool little part where you get in it, um, you do a quick seatbelt check and they're like, we're getting you off this thing. And Finn talks to you one more time and you're out. Um, you start heading down a hallway and there's uh, a, a few screens and you nearly get a, uh, seen by a probe droid and you come around um, the and you come around um, one of the corners and a bunch of stormtroopers see you and they start shooting at you for the first time and then your R5 units take your transport vehicles and you start really running away from the, those laser blasts and you come around a corner and if the stormtroopers made Mike smell those onions, <laughs> this next scene must be the closest he's ever got to a full-blown like stir-fry of just onions happening because um, that's where all the onions were. Roll into a room. <laughs> they were all there this whole time because you roll into a room with two gigantic AT-80s uh, assembled right there in front of you. Mike, I'm throwing it back to you for this one as well. Yeah, out of all of the Star Wars movies, if I had to rank my number one movie of all time, it's definitely Empire Strikes Back. I think that's the greatest movie ever. Uh, New Hope was great for what it was, set the storyline, but Empire Strikes Back was definitely the best. As a Star Wars fan, we all know, and every Star Wars fan at heart knows that the AT-ATs are the absolute coolest vehicle ever assembled, whether it be whether you're a fan of the Empire, whether you're a fan of the Rebels or the Resistance, whatever it is, the AT-ATs are absolutely the coolest. One of my favorite things back in the day, when it was just Hollywood Studios and MGM, when all they had was Star Tours, when you would come around that corner and see the big AT-AT in the forest, you know, with the with the Endor kind of theme to it, was one of the cool. I, I can't tell you how many pictures I have of that. That was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Uh, that's my favorite vehicle of all time. To go in that room and see them in a life-size version was absolutely the coolest thing ever. Uh, and to tie it into, you know, my my childhood, it was it was the absolute best. Other than meeting Darth Vader himself in person that was the coolest yep. thing ever i feel like your ultimate dream right now is to be on board rise of the resistance have the whole ride break 
and get to walk through that room. Mm -hmm. Officially, you're not meant to take photos because it counts as a backstage area in that moment as soon as the ride breaks. But I feel like that is now way up on your list. Would I be right, Mike? Yeah, I think that the only greatest thing ever in possibility would be actually piloting one of those, sitting in one of those (laughs) and driving them or sitting in the pilot seat. I don't Uh, think that's an option that we offer yet. No, no, no. Not yet, but that that could be in the future. I mean, you know, we know a couple of people at Disney. Maybe (laughs) when they want to expand Galaxy's Edge or, you know, if they have to get rid of the Galaxy Star Cruiser because it's kind of (sighs) flopping, we'll uh, we'll we'll, we'll build it there. I feel like this is an opportunity for... um, uh, a meme for Mike <laughs> of um, you've seen the memes of I'm not going to tell you if I win the lottery but there will be <laughs> signs yes, yes. he's just got one of these sitting in his front yeah. yard mm-hmm. just a giant 80 80 yeah I mean I was Dan? I was a huge Star Wars fan as a kid and to this day I still have this this argument with my family they 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 always make fun of me because I'm the baby of the family and they said I was spoiled but every Christmas I bring up the fact that I never like I had a ton of Star Wars toys but I never got a Millennium Falcon, and I never got an AT-AT. And to this day, I still complain about it. So <laughs> <laughs> you they can are, call they, me spoiled all you like. You can buy one. I mean, it's not you know. It's not. Here's the thing: you don't want to buy yourself right. one. You got to like be given it. That's that's how the baby of the family works. Exactly. Okay? Exactly. <laughs> awesome. All right. We um uh from there you um after you've encountered the ATATs, more stormtroopers start attacking you, laser blasts going off around you, and um you meet Finn, an animatronic of Finn is located in that room. He says, Hey, if you want to get to the hangar bay, uh, hangar bay, you've got to go down. And then suddenly your elevator goes up and he's like, No, I said down. What are you doing? Up is bad. Up is real bad. Um, and it ultimately delivers you down a hallway. You get shot at by something associated with the AT-AT, whether it's the front two cannons that move to shoot at you or um, a, uh, a stormtrooper located on the side of the AT-AT. There are two versions of it in this particular scene, depending upon where your R5 unit takes you. Um, and then you proceed down a hallway, and it puts you right on the bridge of the Star Destroyer. You see Kylo and... Uh, Hux uh, discussing um, the possibility of retaliation from the resistance, and Hux says they have neither the re- the resources nor the nor the, the gusto the uh, to attack us. Anyway, something like that. Um, and uh, and then all of the ships start appearing. The resistance fleet arrives um, en masse, and alarms start going off. They raise the shields, and you. And then Kylo looks at you and decides to start chasing you. This is an epic scene. Um, your R five unit reverses, wheels you backwards, and as you're headed towards what we eventually find out to be an elevator, um, you see Kylo walking down a hallway chasing you. Um, I want to talk about this technology for just a moment because it's amazing. Uh, There are two separate versions of this, um, but it's so well done. Um, This scene is actually a full-on lightsaber of Kylo Ren's. It's a three-dimensional lightsaber of Kylo's hanging in a space and then behind it is a screen 
of Kylo where he jumps into the scene. It lights the lightsaber, which is sitting in darkness until that point. And then he starts walking. And the image of Kylo and the and the and the object of the of the lightsaber move in unison. So it looks like he is carrying this lightsaber as his right arm swings. The lightsaber goes down and up. And so it's actually a screen with an actual lightsaber moving in unison towards you. And I think it's stunning. Like, somebody somebody was sitting in their living room and went, wonder how we're going to do this. <laughs> like, and came up with this idea. And it is incredible. I don't know if you've noticed that before, Mike. Have you? Do you recall the scene I'm talking about? Oh, I know the scene you're talking about very, very well. It's 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 an incredible scene, and it gives that. that yeah, it, the technology behind that is really cool, and I was hoping you were going to get into that a little bit because it's yeah. one of the scenes that I remember as a specific. You, you can kind of see behind the scenes and some of the stuff and how it's done and what's what, but that's a very cool different technology that you've never really seen in the parks before. Yeah, and it's just this. And I'm sure it's on wires or something. I'm not even sure how it's all attached. But you don't see any of that because it's covered by the screen aspect connecting to what looks like the lightsaber. And the way they move, flawless. Yeah, it looks like he's just incredible. It looks like he's moving towards you, but he's not. He, and it's crazy. He's, he's chasing right. you. And you back up into this elevator. And there's this great moment where the door closes and you're like, yes, I got away from him. <laughs> and then we reach, like, don't get me wrong, the Stormtroopers were amazing, the AT-AT were amazing. The first time I rode this, I needed to, like, physically pick my jaw up off the ground, because as the elevator is descending, um, the whole room shakes a little bit, and you hear a thud that sounds like somebody has landed on the top of the elevator and then through the roof <laughs> comes the comes kylo ren's lightsaber i just about like i i think i needed to utilize <laughs> the facilities shortly after because it's so realistic in that moment um Dan, talk to me about that one for yeah me. again like at first you know you, you felt them like it felt like the room completely moved when he you know supposedly jumped on the top of that vehicle and then you know all of a sudden when that lightsaber comes through the through the ceiling it's it i mean it's crazy you know like you're like you didn't expect it and you know again the te that technology is is pretty amazing yeah um do you know how they do it mike no tell me all right um so it's actually uh sitting in the top of it um is a a, a lightsaber a mm -hmm. piece of a lightsaber and it's on a piece of in the ceiling that has a hole for it to extend through and but it then moves up and down as this and so the piece in the ceiling actually starts to move and it emerges through and so it's an actual 3d piece of a lightsaber but then on top of that we then project the image of the red and the mm -hmm. knighting and the, the Kylo Renness of it uh, onto this piece of a lightsaber coming through the ceiling. And so the, 
the roof starts to shift and move and then the an, a, a three-dimensional object enters the room from the ceiling and then we project the image onto it to give that effect of it like breaking through and slicing through the ceiling and you can see what the hole that it is cutting um fascinating once again like who <laughs> thinks of these things like what <laughs> How much time do you have? Because I don't, and uh, like I understand it's their job, and I appreciate how good at their job they are. But fascinating, uh, so well done. Um, we are nearing the end of this attraction, thankfully, because we've been recording for a very long time. Um, but uh, we emerge out of this elevator. Um, we dodge down a hallway with what was originally some moving cannons. Uh, did you ever ride it with the moving cannons, Mike? I did. I did. One of my first <gasps> one of my first trips when I first got to do it for the very first time, the cannons were moving, yes. And they did. They started moving. I believe they there was like I think my understanding of it, and don't quote me on this, but my understanding of it is that they made six pieces to make these uh three guns work in both Batu and um in Batu East and Batu West. So Disneyland and Disney World, there's uh, three in each. And they mo- they made like six pieces that would make them move. And all six of them are now broken. <laughs> um, I, it, I, it is my understanding that at some point in the future, they would like to uh, get them back to moving. Um, so I'm hopeful this doesn't become another Yeti. <laughs> Um, uh, and where somebody goes, you know, he used to move and everybody goes, really? (laughs) Don't they use the same technology? uh, Don't they use the same technology as the, as the ride vehicle itself? Or is it completely different? Like to have them move like Um, in sync with stuff? Well, like, yeah, I think they're on a track that moves forward and back. So I don't understand. I don't know. All I know is very shortly it was pre-COVID and yeah. it only and it opened in December of 2019. So we're we're talking less than four months right. um, that 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 it lasted. So, um, so then yes, we dodge through that. Um, we reach a room which has one uh, which uh, is our last opportunity to meet Kylo um, uh, while he is threatening you and moves you around once again using the Force. Um, I encourage you to look to your right because there is uh, the screen of the battle happening outside. And if you watch that screen on your right, don't do it the first time, don't do it the second time, but when you're on your eighth ride of it or whatever, make sure you look to your right when you're uh, when Kylo is threatening you because you can actually see the blast impact that hits an X-Wing, clips it, and turns it into this careering fireball hurtling towards you and you actually see it come from just off the edge of screen coming across and then it hits and um it damages the outside hull of the um of the star destroyer wind starts rushing past you kylo gets like knocked about and flailing uh, a piece out of the ceiling falls and it kind of hides the animatronic but it also gives you the sense of we don't really know what happened to him in that moment um and the wind starts rushing around you it creates this feeling of a vacuum that you're getting pulled out uh and you run into the one of the last hallways um which is the load into our motion simulator um 
this end, the surprise end of Rise of the Resistance, this was their last big gimmick. That, and they were like, we don't want anybody to know about this. We don't want you to see it coming. Like, and here's what I love about it, is that right from the moment we got on board with R5 and we put our seatbelt on, <laughs> Finn is telling us that you're going to get off the Star Destroyer. You need to get to an evacuation platform. You need to go down to the, to the area that will get you off the ship. And yet we still don't think about it. Mike, did it take you by surprise? Yeah, it was a complete surprise. I, I kind of thought that the ride was going to be over. Um, I didn't realize we were going to have that much very cool technology where we would get into an escape pod. Um, awesome, awesome effect. Uh, very, very cool how you're just watching all of the pods kind of just drop and then you're going with them and then boom, you're going out and you're you're just kind of cruising. And uh, very, very cool experience. Completely surprised. Didn't need to be part of the ride because the ride was amazing up until that point, and they could have ended it right there. But they really put the cherry on top with that ending. They really do. Um, one of my favorite things is to watch the grandma that has told me she doesn't <laughs> like drops, um, and I put her on the ride anyway. Um, <laughs> um, and here's the thing: it's not like it's a Tower of Terror kind of drop. No. Um, it's a very controlled uh, motion simulator. Uh, if you are riding it. Um, I'm of course not telling you to do this and I would never tell you to do this, but you should definitely look behind you once you've done it a few times. Once you no longer need to see what's happening at the front, look behind you. Ugh. Cool. I'll just leave Ugh. it at that. I'll, uh, 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 like, I'm not even going to explain it to you. Um, uh, I'm going to just say, yeah. Once you're in that room and you're waiting for it, just look behind you. Information that would have been helpful four days ago. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Nope. Uh, You'll be back at some point. We'll, we'll chat about it after the show. <laughs> um, yeah, we will. Um, so it, it's amazing. Um, there's a quick motion simulator. It takes about... 30, 35 seconds uh, to um, send you down to the surface of Batu and deliver you back. Um, you come out of that uh, drop shaft. We call it the drop shaft, in case you're wondering. Uh, and um, and we get to see Lieutenant Beck one more time. How many animatronics of Lieutenant Beck do you need to build? <laughs> the answer is at least four. Because there's got to be three on board the ITS, one for each section, and then one right there at the end. Uh, he talks to you, he congratulates you, Finn says you're now part of the resistance. He goes, I'm not sure if I have that authority, but hey, you're resistance now. Uh, <laughs> so, um, and, uh, and you get delivered back to that final platform, you unbuckle, unload, please make sure you take everything with you, and you get off the ride. Um, it brings me to one of my favorite places to stand because when I'm on tour, I have a family of eight or something like that. Um, and we get all, and I will take them through. I want them to experience it. I want to take a photo of the whole family with the stormtroopers. Um, I want to get them all the way to, uh, the inquisition, to the interrogation. And in that moment when they're getting grouped, so that they can go into the interrogation. I'll have a family of eight, and I know in my head that I'm not writing because it takes eight people. But I stay with them. A couple of reasons. If the kid freaks out and wants to leave the ride, I'm there to help. 
um, and I get them there, and I go, everybody looks at me, and they're like, hey, Dave's upbeat and fun and comes on all the rides with us, and he's totally a member of the Resistance. And you're wrong. I'm First Order. Bye. <laughs> and I walk away, and I leave them in the middle of this room with people yelling at them. And like they're like, wait, where did Dave go? He's the one. <laughs> wait, what? And then I go, and I uh, get to stand outside and wait for them to disembark the entire attraction. Um, standing at that final moment as everybody steps off that off Rise of the Resistance is one of my favorite places in Disney World to stand. Because about one in every... I want to say 2,000 people get off the ride and are like, eh, <laughs> everyone else loves it. It's amazing. <laughs> like, it's incredible. Like, people just walk towards you going, uh, like, there aren't words in that moment to describe what has happened to you in the last 18 minutes. Um, it is uh, truly remarkable. Um, Mike, take me through those final moments. Well, I can tell you this for sure. Uh, my wife, who probably couldn't tell you who the difference between Chewbacca and Princess Leia is because she's not a Star Wars fan, came off that ride, and that's one of her absolute favorite rides, and she loves to do it as well, too. So I could definitely see how someone who's even not invested in Star Wars can really enjoy it and appreciate that experience. I I was I, I wanted to do it all over again. I wanted to... Every time I go to Disney, that's got to be part of my experience because I want to take in all of those little details that I might miss from one trip to another. Um, you know, D Disney's amazing with details, and that's one of those things that I want to really take part in and kind of you know pay attention to. And I know sometimes you get different experiences. I know sometimes even they do a uh, when they're having problems with some of the computer stuff, you get a kind of a, a slowed down version of what it is, and they kind of give you a, a B version of what the uh, the ride can be because I know it does have some problems when it goes down. Quite Quite a bit people complain about that but hey like you said it's got like a bazillion computers right like it's got some kind of uh, it's amazing the technology that goes into that ride and it shows obviously it really does um let's talk really quickly about the technology twice the amount of computer code as a shuttle launch at kennedy <laughs> that's crazy <laughs> all right so let's put this in perspective for you a spacex launch one of the more modern launches happening out uh, at Cape Canaveral is going to use a little over 2 million lines of computer code. Now, there are computer people right now who are freaking out going, wait, 2 million lines to get a shuttle off the ground? And let's be honest, they really only need the shuttle to go one direction, up. All right? This attraction moves laterally, horizontally, up, down, left, right, in, like, circles. Uh, uh, like, there is so much going on. This uses nearly 5 million lines of computer code. That's crazy. And it has taken us over an hour to break <laughs> it down and talk about it because there is so much going so on. So I have a question. Dan? So I know, like, sure. before with, like... Uh, with Smuggler's Run, you kind of gave us a little nugget where there was like the, the mini Millennium Falcon hidden Ooh, outside. Yeah. Is there anything with this ride? Like, you know, I don't know, some some Star Wars fan might like or like a hidden Mickey or something, anything like that that would be in the ride. So the Star Wars universe really doesn't have much in the way of hidden Mickeys. <laughs> all right. Um, however, there is one. Really? In this ride that I am aware of. 
all right? And you need to know exactly where to be looking and exactly where to look at that moment. Because if you're not, it's gone. All right? So, the final time we meet Kylo Ren, all right? You pull into that room and uh, Kylo Ren appears and the vacuum moment is about to happen when the X-Wing, uh, when the TIE Fighter hits the... Um, when the TIE Fighter hits the, the, the outside hull, okay? In that moment, as you're rolling into that room, on your right-hand side, there is a panel, and for you gents, I'm holding it up once my phone decides to... Hold on a second. Oh, there it is. Um, there is a panel on the wall. I don't know if you can see that. Let me turn my green screen off for a second, um, just so you guys know what I'm talking about. Um, there is this panel on the wall. Okay. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. Cool. Um, it's uh, and it's the same panel that Finn is talking to you on when you first come in, and he goes, "This whole place is about to," and it blurs, and then Kylo is in the room. Okay. Mm-hmm. On that panel in the lower corner, <laughs> there are three buttons right here. <laughs> I'm actually going to take this image. I grabbed this this week while I was on tour. Riding the ride. Uh, I'm going to take these two images and uh, put them onto our um, onto the uh, episode when it drops uh, onto our Facebook page, um, so that you can uh, see them there. Because yes, that's like, amazing. You've got to <laughs> know exactly where you're looking, and to the best of my knowledge, there's one. Yeah. When did you discover like, that? Amazing. When did you discover that? Um, I've probably known about it for only six months or so, and I think I had to ask somebody. I had a, um, I had a, a kid go, is there any hidden Mickeys here? And I went, I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> which is a really hard thing to say out loud. Um, and so then I reached out to a friend of mine who works at the attraction, and I was like, is there in Mickey? And they were like, yeah, but you got to know where it is. And gave me basically the same description I just gave you. Um, it's on that panel, three buttons uh, in that final room where you meet Kylo just before you go into the drop shaft. And took me a couple of rides to spot it. And yeah, but there it is. It's really cool. So um, I'll make sure I put both of those images on our Facebook page uh, when we come to uh, dropping this episode so that everybody can see. But yeah. That's pretty much Rise of the Resistance in a nutshell. Um, so, yeah, I, I hope we learned some things. I hope we appreciate the incredibleness that is that. Um, and, yeah, um, thanks so much for letting me dissect it and pull it to pieces and peel back the curtain a little bit and show some cool elements of it. Yeah, you know, I I don't want to say I have some favorite episodes, but this is definitely one of my favorite episodes to record because I kind of kind of dive into my you know Star Wars geekness, and uh, I love talking Star Wars with Dave because he's on the same level I am when it comes to being a super Star Wars geek. Um, I think very, you very might cool. be higher than me, my friend. <laughs> could, like... could be, could be. All right, but uh, listen, whether you're riding Rise of the Resistance for the first time, whether you're in Hollywood Studios for the first time, whether you're walking around Magic Kingdom for the first time, you know, you want to capture those magical moments or capture those hidden. Wherever you might see them, and post them on a great place, our DDP Facebook page, because we have an amazing DDP family that posts some amazing pictures. That brings me to my favorite thing every week, and that would be Picks of the Week. Picks of the Week. Picks of the Week. It's time for us to get our Picks of the Week. 
All right, guys, you know how much I love my picks of the week. And uh, Dave, why don't you give me your first pick of the week? I, I'm i a sucker for just a, a kid who is loving their Disney life, uh, letting uh, a little bit of Disney cre- creep into their everyday life. And I saw um, a... I saw one of our photos on the Facebook page, and it just made me smile the other day. Uh, Sarah, Sarah Lynn, uh, Sarah Castano, uh, posted a photo of a little girl um, cheerleading on the on the sidelines of a basketball game, just dressed up as Buzz Lightyear, and I love it. I'm like, like, like just living her best life, going to a random basketball game dressed as Buzz Lightyear, and who doesn't want to be that kid in life? Just walking around in a in a Buzz Lightyear onesie. Um, if you if you're not sleeping in your Buzz Lightyear bed sheets, you may as well be sl- uh, out. <laughs> Um, is that what they are, Dan? Are they Buzz Lightyear, aren't they? No, I, yeah. Incredibles. I have the Incredibles. <laughs> oh, Incredibles. Sorry. One of those. Okay. Well, I'm sure this little kid also has Buzz Lightyear on their bed because loving their life. They, uh, she even has a little pink bow, uh, purple bow to tie in the whole ensemble. Uh, and I love it. I'm, I'm just a sucker for it. And, uh, um, I love that kid having, living their best, living their best life. That's my pick of the week. A very cool. Great pick. Dan, what's your pick of the week? Uh, well, to be honest with you, I am kind of jealous because I would love some Toy Story betting if I can have it for the firehouse. So I've been searching, <laughs> just haven't found it yet. Come on, get on <laughs> this, TDP. <laughs> so my pick of the week this uh, this week is going to go to Jeffrey Neubauer. Uh, he posted a picture 10 years ago. I was on my honeymoon looking or look at that all-star sports betting. It, it does look a little dated, but uh, happy anniversary, Jeffrey. <laughs> that is uh, awesome. He has his uh, Mickey and Minnie ears. Uh, with the uh, the Mister and Misses, that is awesome. That betting does look kind of awful. I'll I'll uh, I'll get on board with that. I don't know if I would want that one at the firehouse. I, I think I can pass on that. Uh, but I would I'd like. Oh, to... that would be great <laughs> if you got tacky eighties or nineties betting right? from different resorts. Like we'll just like we'll just start sending you random right. pieces of cloth. That would be uh, awesome for sure. And then they, people they would be like, "What is members. this?" They gotta have that in the cast member store, right? Oh, I'm going looking at <laughs> at Cast Connection exclusively yeah, for that now. That's that's great. If I find a random duvet one time, it's coming in the mail, my friend. Oh, yeah. oh boy. <laughs> Very cool. So my pick of the week is going to go to Florence Porter, and Florence Porter has a picture of her sitting in the splash zone in one of my all-time favorite places in the world, and that's fantastic. Uh, Great show. So glad it's back. I can't wait to go see it in person. Uh, It's been a long time coming. I'm looking forward to seeing the new show and a little bit of stuff that they added. So Florence Porter, you have my pick of the week. Amazing. Some great picks. Um, if you are not yet a member of our DDP Today Facebook group, what are you doing with your life? Okay. Um, speaking of which, um, I mentioned at the, in the last episode that my, uh, my, my goal for this little bit of time uh, as, I head, as we head into the new year uh, is t- to encourage promotion. Uh, to encourage us to introduce our friends and bring people uh, into the DDP fold. Uh, I know we do this every day, and I, I don't know if you're like Dan, who is in the middle of like fighting a fire and like um, and saving somebody's life, and then starts randomly discussing how they should uh, download podcasts. For sure. um, but uh, yeah, I assume that's how that works for you. Um, but um, if you do have somebody that you know who loves Disney. Uh, who is your Disney go-to 
connection to somebody who's going to back you up when you ha- have a random uh, Disney element of your life that somebody else is judging. Um, they are the people that should be here joining us. Um, you, you listen to us because you know ha- what an incredible family this is uh, that has come together. And these are the people that should be introduced to DDP today. So my challenge to all of you out there listening uh, is that if you have not recently introduced somebody to DDP today, please take a moment to uh, tell them about what we do, um, why we're passionate about what we do, and how we can also give you the opportunity to learn something about an attraction like Rise of the Resistance that you uh, were not familiar with. Um, We try to bring you different content and to do some fun things like this. Um, And we we just love getting together and having a chat. And it's uh, such an amazing community that has been built from this. Uh, That community, one of the best testimonies of it is actually taking place in the next couple of days uh, as our Sorcerer's Running Group, which has also uh, come from us here at DDP today, um, takes to the marathon weekend tracks of Walt Disney World um, and runs uh, all around. I actually got to see uh, John Castano uh, in Magic Kingdom for a few moments yesterday. He's running dopey, which means <laughs> right now he's asleep while we're recording this because in a – hold on while I do some quick math. If it's 10, 20 – PM, which means that somewhere in a less than four hours from now, he's about to wake up and have to go run a 10k, which isn't too bad. Like a 5k, a 10k, cool. That's a good one. I'm good with both of those. I'm 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 great, perfect. But then he's going to wake up tomorrow morning, uh, the following morning, and do a half marathon. And then he's, and we're already all shaking our heads. And then he's going to wake up the next morning and do a full marathon. And I don't understand. I love you dearly, John. I respect you so much. And I love what our uh, Sorcerer's Running Group have done. More than $11,000 raised uh, going to Give Kids the World charity uh, to families in need uh, in during what can only be described as probably the darkest time of their life, um, some relief and an opportunity to come together, create memories in Walt Disney World through Give Kids the World, uh, brought to you by um, the Sorcerer's Running Group and DDP today. Um, I believe that Justin has created a giant novelty check just for this moment uh, for us to hand that over to them because it's such a worthy cause and with worthy causes comes Justin's opportunity to just do something crazy. Um, so uh, we love him dearly. We miss him uh, and Joe not able to join us tonight. Um, thanks. I think that was all I was meant to talk about. <laughs> I think you nailed it on the head, uh, Dave. You know, uh, obviously, as you guys know, Justin and Joe aren't with us tonight. They are down in Disney, and they are going to present the Give the Kids the World with the amazing, super huge check. That was part of you guys. I mean, that was uh, all the fundraising you guys did, our DDP uh, family, our Sorcerer's Running Group, and our Patreon family. You guys stepped up more than we can imagine. Um, You know, like I said, Five years ago, we started this little podcast, me, Justin, and Jason, and we never thought that it would grow into, into a, this kind of amazing group that would do such amazing things for some amazing, some, some families that are really going through some hard times. And um, 
whenever you're having that hard time and you know you just want to kind of have that moment where you can share with us we, you know we have that positiveness with this group and we love that and that's something that's amazing and i'm so glad that justin and joe are going to be a part of that the next couple of weekends with our sorcerers running group there's going to be some amazing pictures coming out of that so that's going to be some future pictures of the week because they're all hanging out down there having a great time i am super jealous that i'm missing all of that but um other than that i had a great time talking about rise tonight it's one of my favorite things to talk about star wars so i was glad i get to pick dave's brain a little bit and um dan closing words yeah no this was great uh like i said it it was unfortunately for me it was about a week too late uh you know if we could have done this you know a show before i would have known this going into uh hitting my disney world trip and uh known to look for different things in the uh in the ride but either way it was great i love i love hearing dave's breakdowns of these rides because you know I mean, I, he probably doesn't need this, but damn, he's amazing, isn't he? When he when you, when he goes through all these rides, <laughs> Stop but it. but well, I Stop what it. I was going to say is that like this is probably the most handsome I've seen Justin Souter in these zooms before. I don't know if you look at the names out there. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's probably not going to like that, but yeah, yeah, the, the, Justin Souter's name is sitting right <laughs> on my screen, and do you see all of this hair? <laughs> wow! No, but I, I had a great time. Um, I had a great time. I you know enjoy riding the coattails of you guys every once in a while, but. This was a great show, and uh, can't wait for Patreon tonight. Yeah, we're going to do something fun. Uh, Mike's in control of that as well. So um, thank you so much for letting me chat about it. I, I'm passionate about it, and I love being able to share this information and let people uh, who want to understand how something works see see those elements uh, and appreciate it from a different point of view, um, appreciate what the cast members bring to those different moments, whether they're telling you to get on board the ITS or standing in your face sneering at you and judging you uh, as a member of the First Order. Um, they bring so much to that experience. There's so much technology. There's so many different elements to it. The way we make you feel in those attractions all throughout Walt Disney World, um, it's something that I love, and I love being able to share it here um i hope you enjoyed it mike i am really glad this is now one of your favorite episodes because um uh thank you for letting me chat about it yeah man uh i'm glowing i'm i'm, I'm on my star wars heaven right now so but other than that ddp family thank you so much for spending some time with us tonight hope you enjoyed our show tonight as much as i did and uh until next week we'll see you real soon have a good night guys have a good night cheers have a good night On behalf of the Disney Dads, we want to say thank you. We hope you find a little magic in your life every day, spread some Disney love, and keep moving forward. And they all lived happily ever after. Each of us has a dream, a heart's desire. It calls to us. And when we're brave enough to listen and bold enough to pursue, that dream will lead us on a journey to discover who we're meant to be. All we have to do is look inside our hearts and unlock the magic within. Ready to begin. Let the and that's a wrap. This has been YDF Media Productions.